go. Longhorns, 10-1. and one. Uh, 26-16 victory over Iowa State in Ames. In the dark, the Longhorns beat Iowa State tonight. Uh, a terrific performance all the way through. A couple of big plays given up by the Longhorns. But by and large, uh, Texas from the second quarter on really kind of controlled the game uh, with its offense. Uh, basically moving the ball at will. Only one three and out. Uh, the entire, from the second quarter on, guys, uh, the, the offense moved the ball. I was on the I was on the pregame, or I was on the, the watch with us in the first quarter, and I was like, man, Texas is not moving the ball. Quinn Ewers does not look good. He came through tonight. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian had a game plan uh, that absolutely worked, especially from the second quarter on. This is the postgame show. I'm Bobby Burton alongside Drew Kelson at the top. Rod Babers in the middle, Jerry Hamilton on the bottom. It's brought to you by Flight, the next generation of light beer, and the fine folks from Faust Distributing. Uh, we appreciate them. Drew Kelson, I got to start with you. You're on the top, man. Ten and one. What do you think, bud? I love it. 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 You know, it's so funny, man. We we started the game slow, but when you look at the game itself, I mean, in, in this game with, without Jay Brooks, you just didn't know how it was going to go. But it was great to see Gunnar Helm uh, score a touchdown. Jay Witt score a touchdown. Cole Hudson came in after an injury. Um, yes. you just You saw guys just plugging in where they needed to. Um, just a, a good road win. A good road win. This this game went, you know, it's funny. One, one of my friends, he's he's really tied into, you know, hey, the, looking at the spread. and Can Texas beat the spread? Can we – is Texas going to go above what Vegas thought? It's like, hey, I think they can, but will they? And, and the guys – I felt like they were in control the entire time. That, that was a, that was a good road win when um, it's tough doing those back to back. So can't, can't be more excited about it. Oh man, I, Rod Babers, I tell you what, guys, uh, this is a big one. Quinn Ewers, twenty three of thirty three for two eighty one, two two uh, touchdowns, zero interceptions. He took some sacks, but he didn't put the ball in harm's way except for maybe one time all night. He had some problems with that defense a little early, and Sark somehow pulled him out of it. But how about this one, Rod? Cedric Baxter, 20 carries, a buck 17. The man, young man's wearing a blue hip pad that you know go for hip pointers, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> right now, C.J. Baxter had, had a game, Rod. Uh, yeah, I think that was probably the biggest story in the game, right, for the offense. You were missing – your MVP on offense, you were missing the engine of that offense, which is Jonathan Brooks, and you really did not have a huge drop-off in the rushing uh, production against one of the best defenses in the Big 12, arguably one of the best defenses in the country, and the reason was because Cedric Baxter was able, especially in the second half, all right, to impose his will. Now, he was doing it in the first half too, but he wasn't getting the usage, right? He wasn't getting the touches in the first half, for some reason, I think Sark wanted to use him as a closer. I think it was intentional, actually. I mean, you look at the first half, he was averaging damn like seven yards per over seven yards per rush. It was pretty obvious he was he was you know effective when you were utilizing him. I think it was intentional. Sark wanted to use him in the second half. I don't know what the the, the difference was in first half touches the second half, but I think it was pretty obvious that in the second half, Cedric Baxter they leaned on the young man. And there was a question whether he was going to be durable enough to make it through an entire game. Um, you know, the durability was not the issue. They leaned on him early. They leaned on him uh, at the end of the game to be the basically the closer 
for them in his Iowa State game on the road. And for a freshman, that's a huge compliment, man. All right, uh, Jerry Hamilton, uh, your thoughts on the game uh, as we're talking about the 26-16 win over uh, the Iowa State Cyclones in Ames. 21 rushes, 9 yards, Iowa State. But it goes beyond that, even on running back runs. Thir uh, 16 carries, 23 yards. You go on the road and do that, um, you're going to win 99.9% .9 of the time. Bottom line, 21 rushes, 9 yards. I don't know what to say other than that. The one, they did their job. The edges, they, they might have had huge numbers, but they did their job. Byron Murphy dominated. Tavondre Sweat dominated. Those guys dominated the game at all four possession, all four positions. Uh, the depth did their job. But anytime you go on the road and a team that wants to run the ball has 21 for nine and has to abandon it, you've done your job. You've dominated where you have to. Hell yeah. I agree. <laughs> I agree with all of those words. Hey guys, I, I, I'm, I'm looking at it and I think the word, I mean, a couple of things here, 10 and one going on the road in Ames and beating them by two scores. Does, there's something that is ultra, ultra satisfying about this win to me. Can anybody, you know, put, put words into that guys? I mean, was this particularly satisfying for you guys after Iowa State's talked a little smack? Matt Campbell's always talking about the two-star versus the five-star. Uh, you know, anything like that that kind of came home to y'all and said, okay, look, this is what's going on here. They're trying to play a little mind game oh, yeah. right, with you a little bit. And those guys in, in the long wars basically said enough of it and went out and executed. I don't know, Bobby. I, I feel as though sometimes we forget – when we finish watching the game and when we get a win, all of the anxiety and the doubt and everything that went into it prior to the game going. Of course, we were a seven and a half point favorite. We won the game. We covered the spread. All that other stuff makes sense. But when you're in the message boards, when you're on when you're on Inside Texas and you're reading throughout the week, all the concerns, when you're following the game on the live stream, which was my first game, like doing full four quarters, I watched the full watch with me this time. This time, oh, man, the play-by-play, -play, the emotions that come into it. So it was it was almost like everyone was looking for a prophecy to be fulfilled, and the prophecy was the horns were not going to come through on the road against Iowa State in Ames. That's why it feels good. I mean, that's why it feels great, and that's why we got to celebrate these things. We can't redirect the, the narrative that we all had playing in the back of our heads is can this team finish? Can this team go on the road and win? Can they find a way? Are they going to? And that first quarter had us on edge. So equally, you know, this team is, they are who they've been. This is who we've been. And here we are. We're 10 and one. This is who we've been. A lot of things we have to fix or figure out. We'll figure that out in the off season, but another win. And then we get to come back next Friday. Uh, Rod, Rod, yeah, I, I agree with you, Drew. I think that it's going in this uh, this look. They're ten and one. When we thought at the outset of the season they might be ten and two, right? They're ten and one. They're going to be playing. It, it, you know, look. I want to say this: Does anybody know for sure that Texas is in the Big Twelve championship game? Because if the statesman's reporting is accurate, Texas is in the the if if. The camera folks or the, the TV folks don't know for sure. 
Texas has all the tiebreakers tie against the teams with two losses right now. So I'm not sure how they're gonna they're gonna call this or whatnot, but uh, we'll see what what's leave said no there. doubt, Bobby. Leave no doubt. Can, can I can I add one more thing? Absolutely. Bird Auburn three of three on field goals again. Fifty yarder, fourteen field goals in a row, man. After the snap hold issues against Kansas, fourteen in a row. He's made big kicks in every game, almost guys. I mean, Oklahoma biggest kick of his career, right? He seems he seems 39, 50, 42, 42 right hash or obviously he likes right house or so they wouldn't have ran that play on third down. But uh, I mean, look, that guy's that guy's coming up clutch when Texas has to have it, guys. Has to have it. Unbelievable. All right, uh, Texas, not only Bird Auburn, let's talk about some other guys uh, that may have had some uh, games themselves. Tavondre Sweat. <laughs> Yeah, Byron right. Murphy. Do you think that might be that game might be on uh, on uh, some uh, Outlander Trophy Award type uh, video for you, Rod B? You always talk about that. Put that on the draft highlight. Yeah, you think man. he had one of those games tonight? Yeah, I think he did. I mean, he's uh, what a semifinalist, right, for that Outland Trophy, and it's only I think it's only two D tackles on that list right now. And man, he just had a hell of a game <laughs> trying to separate himself. And, you know, that's what you need, right? You need one of those, you need showcase performances where, you know, you are making some splash plays. Tonight, he made a lot of splash plays, but he hadn't had a game that he hadn't played like the best player on the defense this entire season. Like every game, he seems like he's been arguably the MVP of the defense. Uh, so, yeah, man, once again, he showed up, but a lot of guys showed up on defense, man. They had a good, defensively, they had it. Now, there was some, there was some issues defensively that we could talk about later. Uh, but as a whole, in terms of them holding Iowa State to, you know, basically to being a one-dimensional team and forcing Iowa State to to operate outside of their comfort zone, right? I, I would say wants to run the football. They want to be balanced. They want to convert on third down and keep the football, control the football. They couldn't do any of that. They didn't convert on third down consistently. Uh, they weren't able to run the football, as Jerry mentioned. So you op- you basically forced them to operate out of desperation and operate, you know, left-handed, essentially, the entire game, outside their comfort zone. That's what you want to do. Now, back through for a lot of yards, but we knew that was going to happen, right? That's, you know, this is, it was something we talked about all the time. When Texas turns the team into being a one-dimensional team, they end up making some plays against Texas. That's the next step they're going to have down the line. The truth is, defensively, that's all you can hope for is at least take something away. And you can't run the ball on Texas. Byron Murphy told you that two weeks ago. You ain't gonna <laughs> run the ball on Texas. Hey, hey, by the way, how funny was it that the the sack, the last sack that Iowa State gave out was the uh, the, the the paint huffer okay. did not help did not help the center. <laughs> hey, that was. Okay. Okay, he blew that one. He blew his assignment on that play, and that's funny that that's the way Iowa State's uh, offensive night ended. Hey, Rod, uh, Drew, uh, Jerry, look at this uh, tweet. Matt, our producers, put it up here. This from uh, Texas football on the night after uh, I think somebody said, you know, got to worry about being in the dark at night. Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe that's a little uh, play on words there from oh, the Longhorn social media team. Uh, Texas wins 26-16. A uh, couple of big plays in this one, uh, guys, that we can go through. Uh, the Tavondre Sweat uh, really did a tremendous job uh, all night long, but the blocked, uh, the blocked extra point that Austin Jordan snatched up 
and ran back for two points was very valuable. It kept Texas at least a full touchdown ahead most of the second half, uh, yeah. except for that right then it went back up to six. But you you guys get my, my uh, drift. Then some other things happened as well. I thought Steve Sarkeesian, you talk about other guys playing a role. I don't, I'm not sure which one of you guys talked about Gunnar Helm, but he had a good game. Then you talk about Jaron Thompson coming up with a clutch interception after the only five. three and out of the second half. Great yeah. job there. Jordan Whittington with uh, two key receptions, including a touchdown pass. Uh, and then I'm going to give a hat tip to this young man, Jaden Blue. Not not a primary guy, not not the primary guy, but he spelled C.J. Baxter yeah. and gave Texas exactly what it needed in a spelling role. Um, any other guys you guys think y'all want to y'all want to give a little hat tip to tonight? I'll give a hat tip to to Steve Sarkeesian. You know, I talked about this about this the Iowa State uh, defense and how disciplined and how assignment sound they are. And if you're going to look at the two touchdown plays uh, that Texas had offensively, Texas and Sark used their essentially their assignment uh, execution and their uh, the the fact that they're so assignment sound. He used it against them. Like both of them were essentially stock block and go concepts, right? The, the J the the J Witt play that uh, that Gunnar Helm play. He delays for a while. That's essentially what you're talking about there. So. As a as a defender, you have certain keys, and Drew can get into this too. You have certain keys, right? I'm keying on this, and then that key leads me to another key. All right, it leads me to another read, and then boom, I can I'm supposed to be Simon Sound based on I got a progression like the quarterback, right? I'm reading number two, read number two to the quarterback, read boom, boom, boom. I make my progression, right? Sark used their progressions against them essentially. He used their read and keys against them. That was the the Jay Witt play. That was the Gunner Helm play. Essentially, that's all he did. As a defender, all I see is, oh, that guy's getting ready to block. It's a run. I'm going in for the run. I'm starting to read my run keys. Nope. Turns out that's why he delayed. It was a stock block and go for both of those guys. And that's the concept. That's, and we talked about this, you know, all week long. Uh, I would say it's really assignment sound. They don't blow a lot of coverage. They don't beat themselves. But fundamentally and, and technique-wise, they're one of the best teams in terms of being well-coached in the Big 12 and start use it against them. That's 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 great coaching. That's winning the chess match within the game. A terrific uh, game overall for the Longhorn offense. Uh, Burt Auburn, as Jerry mentioned, also deserves a hat tip. Here's another one the guys in the chat are saying, guys, that I agree with. Anthony Hill was hmm. not perfect, but man, when he hits you, you go down. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a man tackling you out there. Yeah, this is the best compliment I can give him. That's what Alabama and Georgia have been playing with for the last 15 years at linebacker. When they when he hits you, the play's over. Yeah, absolutely. I just uh, a really great performance, especially against the run. As Jerry mentioned earlier, 21 carries for the Cyclones. Just uh, excuse me. Yeah, 21 carries, just nine yards. Is that accurate? Of course, that includes some sack yardage. Yeah. But even the even the running backs had fifteen for twenty one. They got nothing. nothing. Yeah, they had nothing. just tremendous, tremendous effort by the Longhorns on defense. Uh, stopping the run and making a team one dimensional is clearly what this defense is all about, and has been uh, from game one. All right, Rod Babers, I, I want to go back to you real quick on something. Uh, nine rushing—that's tough. 
Oh um, boy! There, <laughs> look at hey, Drew Kelson like that one. Rod, I, think he had, I think he had that tweet in drafts. He just needed to edit the edit the number of rushing yards. No, 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 no. Seriously, I love we, it. We, no, seriously, <laughs> we got to start thinking about because two games ago they were fourth. They were fourth in the last fifteen years. They were the fourth best rush defense in the last fifteen years in the Big Twelve. That was yeah. two games ago. Yeah. I don't, now after this, I'm telling you they. 2009 Texas defense was the best rush defense in the Big 12 in the last 15 years. Yeah. This defense, I'm telling you, by it would depend on what they do against Tech. You could be talking about them in the same. They were fourth. Texas 2009 was first. We'll see. I got to go do the math and see where they stand. But I'm telling you, man, they they're legit. This rush defense, you're not going to run on. You might as well find. I don't even know why you try. I would. I was a coach. I wouldn't even try coming there just chunking. I'm like, well, I'm coming there like run and shoot, one move. I just, just, just chunk it every time. We're going up, uh, chunking it, five wides, just throwing it. Why? Because I'm not wasting downs. <laughs> that that <laughs> seems to be the only thing that works against Texas is the exactly. hurt no huddle, whether it's Kansas State in the second half or <laughs> Houston or Oklahoma or, you know, TCU. Look, look yeah. te- Texas was number eight in rush defense at 90 yards a game before this, and they gave up nine. <laughs> now, I, don't know if Tennessee got, I don't know if Tennessee got one today. I haven't checked the box score, but uh, that's uh, nine's probably the best amongst the right teams. Crazy, uh, another, right? another guy people are bringing up in the uh, chat that I agree with is David Benda. Uh, having a good game. I thought yeah, he yeah. well got his hand on a pass. I love his energy. I love his energy. I loved his energy. When it seemed like everybody else was just kind of playing the game and tackling and just getting up, David Bender, every play he made, like he was enthusiastic. Like that stuff is infectious, man. Um, he was excited to play football today. I love seeing that. Uh, yeah. I'll put one more out there. Cole Hudson had to come in when DJ Campbell got hurt. He He, he, he had to come in. He hadn't played much in, in in a few weeks so he had to come in and answer the bell tonight and he did they they also you know what else they did they went to two tight ends almost exclusively when xavier worthy went out guys yeah mm-hmm. uh, almost played the entire fourth quarter i believe without xavier worthy uh and yet still moved the ball uh on every drive except for one in the second half just fantastic for the longhorns uh in that regard the consistency on offense from the second quarter on the last three, the last three drives of the second half are the second quarter. First, our first one was a field goal. Then they moved it eight, I think, eighty yards, but or, or eighty yards, but Xavier Worthy fumbled inside the ten. And then the last one was the field goal from Auburn from fifty. That those were two out of the last three drives. They continued that all the way into the second half. This may have been the best overall or most consistent play from the Longhorns. Look at that. Six of the last seven drives, they moved it at least to, into Iowa State territory. What, what What's interesting, is, Rod, what's interesting is after the script tonight is when they really started moving the ball. That's what was interesting about tonight's game. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it, was like, it was almost as if Sark was committed to the script. They came out five wides to see what, how they would show themselves. And they realized – that's the thing about teams. There was there was one defense we had when I played, stack four check. It was a base defense. We all knew how to play it no matter what formation they came in. And it was one of those things at the beginning of this game. I was like, Sark, 
we can spread them out. We can do whatever we need to do. But these guys know how to play the spread out of this defense. Like, we, we got to either – now, was Quinn – Quinn was going for the deep ball a little bit more than he should have been. He kind of should have been dumping it off a bit more. But once he got out of that script, I started seeing the offense move a little bit. And the same drive where Xavier Worthy fumbled the ball, that's when I was in the chat here on the live stream. I was like, that was the drive where I think we figured it out. We just had a fumbled ball. But after that drive, I, I, I felt really good about what we were putting together. I, I felt like they were just – they were on it uh, for really focused. Did y'all feel like this was one of the most focused efforts for the Longhorns we've seen in a while? <laughs> Here, here's something from Matt, our producer, puts this tweet up from Jalen Ford. It's going to be one heck of a farewell present. They are going to come in here on senior night in the dark. I don't think they really know what is going to be coming for them. He put that up. Obviously, that's a quote from someone else. So his motivation. It absolutely was, Rod. We talked about it. It was was a lot of motivation, guys. (laughs) Byron Murphy, nine yards rushing. That's all. Don't write no check. You can't cash, little guy. They're right tonight. They're feeling the ropes a little bit, guys. And we wondered why would you do it? Why? Why Texas? Why would you talk that kind of trash before the game? It didn't make any sense at all. And you angered the most talented and the the arguably the deepest group on the team with the most fiery coach on the team, which is the D tackle room with Bo Davis. It's like I don't know why you would do that. It made no sense. And I think they paid for it. They paid dearly. They would have been better off running slants the whole game. Exactly. <laughs> they were open. Rod was right about that. They were running inside, inside cuts on the main. It was hitting them. Dude, I got to tell you, yeah, that, that Ryan Watts, and we always texting about it, that one Ryan Watts snap where the, the receivers lined up outside the numbers and he still is lined up outside leverage. <laughs> all right, I'm done. Guys, they are being taught outside leverage at all times. I'm sorry. That is, come on, Drew. That goes against everything we've ever been taught. High school, college, or pro. It don't make no but, damn sense. What the hell? I, Rod, I went to summer camp and got coached by Coach Akina. Came back my senior year in high school and was <laughs> teaching guys like, hey, man, when they outside the numbers, just play inside leverage. Like, this is stuff we learned in camp. That's crazy. That was wild. I, I was I was yelling at the TV the whole time. What's going on, man? <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, this is your look. You're watching the post game show. I'm Bobby Burton, joined by Jerry Hamilton, Rod Babers, Drew Kelson. This is on Texas football. We're also a part of InsideTexas.com. Uh, the post game show brought to you by Flight by Yingling, the taste of game time, and the next generation of light beer taste for yourself. That's Flight. By Yingling. Thank you also to Faust Distributing uh, for their partnership uh, in this as well. All right. Uh, we've got a lot of great things to talk about tonight. Uh, Texas goes uh, into Ames, wins 26-16. A lot of great uh, points points on this game. We talked about Cedric Baxter and his night. Let's talk a little bit about Quinn Ewers. Uh, he did not look, he did not look, I don't know if it was healthy or just confident early in the game. But then the wheels started coming in motion in the second quarter, and bit by bit, that young man played a whale of a game for the Longhorns. Uh, it seemed like he was in complete control from really probably midway through the second uh, second quarter on. Yes, he took a sack. 
but he stepped up in the pocket, made a couple of nice plays. Uh, anybody have anything to say they want to talk about with Quinn Ewers in his game tonight? Uh, as Matt, will you please bring up the stats for Quinn as well, please? Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting. It kind of went back to what I was talking about earlier is, is they moved the ball better outside the script tonight. Um, what I liked what they did uh, moving the pocket a little bit with him. Mm-hmm. I, I like that in the second mm-hmm. half, guys, because um, I, I just think that. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. I think that any time it was third down, Rod, that's when Iowa State brought pressure, right? So what did Sark do? He started moving the pocket just enough. I'd have to go back and watch if it was was on third downs or not every time. But he did that enough to keep them off balance because what Iowa State didn't have was the athletes on the defensive line to pursue from the backside. They don't have that. That's not what they are. Uh, But I thought, look, I thought Quinn made – you know, I, I thought he made a lot of really good throws tonight. Obviously, the one deep ball that was underthrown, but he got the uh, uh, PI on. That's a touchdown if it's thrown well. That that's a touchdown if it's thrown well. He had, he, I mean, his best throw tonight obviously didn't count because of a penalty. The throw to AD Mitchell in the back of the end zone. Ooh, that was uh, nice. He made he made some under duress just flicks mm-hmm. of the wrist that were really good tonight. That those were his best throws or under under duress when he's pushed outside the pocket. When they were throwing the run, yeah. He finally started checking down to in the third and fourth quarter. There was a one play where he just checked it down to, to Cedric Baxter. It would have been – if he would have just taken the sack, it would have been third and five or third and six. Instead, he just checked it down to Cedric Baxter, who only gained three yards, but it made yeah. it third and two instead yeah. of third and five. Uh, so, all right, I, we're going to take y'all's questions and talk a little bit uh, tonight about uh, what y'all think about the game as well. We want We love the fan interaction here. Uh, let's go ahead and get it started with William Neese. He's excited. Uh, it's Baxter Appreciation Night. Congratulations, Sark, on 10 wins. First 10-win season. Sweat is the game MVP. William Neese, thanks for the super chat. Let's talk about Steve Sarkeesian. Rod, you said he had a great game on the headsets, particularly yeah. in the second through the fourth quarter. Uh, what What do you think about this game plan that brought home the victory for the Longhorns? Yeah, I thought it was a good game plan initially. You know, I thought he would come out, and as Drew mentioned it too. You know, you got to try to expose that three high, three down. You got to you got to force them to give you indicators. They're all about disguise and distortion, and he did that. He came he come, came out empty a lot, a lot of reload. When you start out in empty, then you reload, put the running back motions and shifts back into the backfield. And I think that was honestly that was start just kind of troubleshooting. I think he was just trying to feel trying to feel out what was working. And then you saw him go with some three by one sets, saw him come out with some squad sets. I think he was trying to really stress that defense, found out what they were trying to uh expose, what they were trying to uh, essentially execute, and then he used it against them. And that's why you saw the adjustments. As Jerry said, off script was a little bit better. I think the script maybe was a feeling out process, it felt like for Sark. Man, well, no if it was intentional or unintentional. But he came out, and I think in the second half, you saw a lot of those plays that were dialed up specifically, all right, to get shot plays. And we know he's a big shot guy, right? He, he's a he's a big game hunter. But those were kind of shot plays. That gun on helm play, 
That was a play meant to get you chunk yardage plays down the field. Honestly, we saw uh, TCU do something very similar against Texas with Jared Wiley. All right, uh, two weeks ago with TCU, that stock block and go, uh, got Jade Barron on it. <laughs> and then it started brings it out. But it's a, it was a different technique because he goes with the kind of the uh, under wheel route. Uh, which is a nice little uh, a cross uh, kind of a, it's a cross formation route that they run and you need a little bit of time for it to work out. But if he, if he gets, if he's open, it's going to be wide open. That's exactly what you saw happen. Same thing with that Jordan Wington play, the stock block and go using their keys against them. So I thought Sark did a great job. It's a three, I three down, which has been his kryptonite. And by the way, that the reason that I kept bringing up the three out of three down as his gift tonight, he's got to figure it out because he faced this is like the fifth time he's faced it, guys. It's like half the damn schedule is the three out of three down. You got to figure it out. You ain't got no damn choice. And he did for the most part, especially considering he didn't have Jonathan Brooks and injuries to, uh, you know, X Man. I thought it was a brilliant game by Sark and his quarterback struggling early on. I, I thought it was a brilliant game on the road against John Haycock. One of the founding fathers of this three high three down. I thought Sark did a damn good job, man. I'm gonna give him his flowers on this one. This was a hell of a job by Sark with a freshman running back to come pull out the the, the win on the road in hour. I like Ron he, I like Ron he's Hoover. giving you his hey, did you say he's giving you your his flowers? I'm giving, giving him his flowers. flowers. No, no, no. Ron wouldn't go all the way. Go bachelor. Give him Give him your rose. Just give him your rose. Don't <laughs> a it's a golden bachelor here, guys. Bachelor. Aloha traveler from uh, Hawaii. Yeah. Aloha from Kauai. It's whiskey, burnt orange, and 10 and one baby. I thought Sark called a pretty good game tonight. Hesitate to say Texas took a step tonight, but it sure feels that way. Lots of players came to play a night tonight. What we needed. I agree with this. Um, yeah, and thank you very much for the super chat. It felt like they were focused, guys, because they had so many people and so many contributors. And I know football is a te- is like the ultimate team game, but it felt like to me that they knew what was on the line a little bit tonight, and they stood up and, and took care of business. Hey, this one's from Travis Caldell, uh, Cadell. Great game. They were so composed. PK should get a verbal reprimand for selling out on the run on third and short. That was actually fourth and short up, yeah. uh, right? Went up by two position possessions. Even my boys, Rod and Drew made plays. LFG, <laughs> hook them. Love you guys. Hey, who's, I, I just want to know this. I don't want to uh, dwell on anything negative. But was that Jaron Thompson's responsibility when that guy crossed his face, Rod or Drew? I got to look at it. That's, I'll, I'll say this. Regardless of whose responsibility it was, it was someone's responsibility, not PK's. It was a player's responsibility, right. and that player did not execute. Let's yep. just call it like it is. There's no way a tight end just has a free release. And I get it. It was a great disguise, great design. They faked the quarterback draw, came back, and popped it. Um, I don't know if you want to call that the, the Tebow. What was the deal they used to pop they pass, yeah. Yeah. But at the end of the day, there's always a player responsible for something like that. Yeah. And the players' eyes and discipline are, are are accountable in that situation. So you can say PK all you want. I get that. However, you got to be disciplined. You can't get sucked into that thing. That play was designed specifically to suck a guy in so they can pop it and good execution. All right. Good stuff, guys. Uh, Charlie B here with the super sticker. Thank you, Charlie B. Uh, I think this is a play on something else, guys. Instead of coffee and football, which is our morning show every Monday through Friday, 
It's caffeine and chaos. Maybe that's hey. the maybe, maybe that's the night show. <laughs> maybe that should be the night show. Hey. No, 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 we don't do caffeine at night. We're doing something yeah. else. Hey, I'm telling y'all, I told y'all this weeks ago. Y'all got to accept what this team is. Y'all enjoy the ride a whole lot more. This is what they are. They're going to be laughing. Yeah, right. They're clutch. They're clutch in critical moments. And now we see even composed at times in critical moments. But, guys, they got great football character, man. I, I've been watching Texas football for a long time. Drew been watching it, played it at the highest levels. Guys, they got good football character. They respond well to adversity. That's what this team is. That's what this was all about on the road with injuries to key guys. Um, didn't start well. It's a tight game. Um, Iowa State doesn't beat themselves. All right, we got to go out here and win it. And they, they went out there and they won it. They went out there and beat Iowa State. And even, I'm not going to say the, they were playing undisciplined football, and the refs all right, were being very, very uh, strict in their calls, right? In, the definite, in their uh, interpretation of these calls. So Texas had to work against that, too. There was a lot working against Texas. There was a lot working against them that they found a way to win. That's football character, man. They got it. So that's what I'm saying. Just, just understand yep. they're not perfect and they're not going to dominate opponents. They're not 05 Texas. It ain't it. Ain't it. At it the end of the day, we're still building. I don't think people need, you need to understand we're still building this team, building this culture right now. And I don't know if this, every team doesn't work out this way, but you, it's I'd rather us right now we're learning to win in spite of ourselves. Exactly. Eventually we'll learn to win because of ourselves. And I mean, like when I say because of ourselves, that means we're dominant every down, every play, every defense. We have a mixed bag of freshmen, upperclassmen, developing players. We're rotating guys. We have injuries here and there. Like this team has shown that they can res be resilient and resist. And so the, the fact that we're 10 and one mm -hmm. and based on the, the live chat today on the watch with me, in spite of ourselves, because everyone thinks, you know, we're, I mean, I wrote down the number of coaches that need to be fired today. <laughs> so so I, have, I have a list of people who everyone said needs to be fired. Did Chalka Smart get in that too, just because people ran out of names? I mean, <laughs> imagine we're 10 and 1. Imagine if we fired guys and replaced them with better coaches. <laughs> we might be undefeated. It's a process, guys. You got to enjoy it. Hey, by the way, got some other stuff going on here. Uh, got a hey, Bobby, uh, Bobby, real quick. We've had like a number of questions. We need to address this real quick. Everybody's asking about Jordan Travis, FSU quarterback. I mean, there's been like 20 people mention this. He did break his leg, ankle. They're asking how that could impact college football plow. Problem for FSU is they go to Florida and they have Louisville in the ACC. They got to win two games in a row without Jordan Travis. I think that's going to take care of itself. Yep, absolutely. I uh, have some uh, super chats here I want to get to. Uh, 10 and 1, this one from JJ, 10 and 1. Hook them, baby. Uh, glad I don't have to sell my Big 12 championship tickets. Uh, that'll be in Arlington in a couple of weeks. I'm still trying to get uh, confirmation that what the Austin American Statesman wrote this morning is 100% accurate because the Statesman said that if Texas wins, the Longhorns go. Uh, now, I don't know what, what exactly is going on. Matt, if you hear anybody talk about that, uh, I'm speaking to our producer, please bring it up. And also, if anybody in the chat uh, sees it as well, please bring it up so everybody can talk about that. Uh, this one, yes. Oh, here's a, a tweet from Xavier Worthy, guys. Yeah, we got an ego for sure, and we got culture and the talent too. Never be loud and wrong. Oh, never be loud and wow. wrong. 
Hope you had a good senior night. Ouch. Wow. Dang. Ouch. Yeah. Man. He, he put him in the tweet, man. That's wild. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, I will say this, guys. Uh, Matt Campbell is probably really upset about it, too. Maybe he'll go cuss out JT Sanders like he did last year. I'm done. Uh, bad <laughs> stuff. All right, what you drinking, Jerry, from Andrew Thomas? Like, tea. Just iced tea, man. Just iced tea? Uh, I've, I've got a I've got a – I won't say what I'm drinking, but it, it is it is sponsored by Flight. I will tell you that of Yingling, uh, the last or the next generation of light beer. All right, Mike Gosnell, Stone Cold, Burt Auburn. He's been on the money. Also, T Sweat is a first round pick, no doubt. Guys, those two, the the same people that have been producing all year, seem to be producing still. Sweat is one of those guys. Burt Auburn is one of those guys. Uh, Jonathan Brooks was in that category. Xavier Worthy. AD, uh, Adonai Mitchell had a couple key plays in this. Uh, Y'all mentioned consistency, Rod and Drew, all the time as part of the, the makeup of this team that creates that football character, right? Is that what Sark has done with this team now that they're 10-1? and one? I mean, that's another thing. I mean, we need to rejoice. 10-1 is a good football team. Damn. Drew, Rod, Rod, what do you think, bud? Well, one, one thing I've noticed throughout the year and, and kind of notice it as the year goes on, I, I don't – we're so hard on Sark, but I feel like as much as we want the script at the beginning of the games to be perfect, the adjustments that we make to find points and find opportunities throughout the game has been – I mean, first of all, we've had the defense's insurance, which is awesome, but offensively when something's not working, we just – we kind of pivot. We, we figure something out. And I just th – that was another night where – on a night where, you know, we complain about having the right plays at the right time. We found the right plays at the right time. Uh, yeah. We found the grit at the right time. We found the resilience at the right time. And many times in spite of ourselves. Um, could have could have been another game where return punt, easy block run. You and I talked about it. It's like if you just throw your hands up, yeah. That's an easy punt return. You don't have to worry about blocking the back. You don't have to worry about anything. We put ourselves in situations we had to fight through, and we just we keep finding ways. And so 10-1, and one, we have a team with a character like this. Believing is the first part of all of this. We didn't have teams that really believed Agreed. in the past. I mean, we really didn't, you know, and or they get it knocked out of them really early. I appreciate what these guys are showing up and doing. Uh, ten and one, the adjustments that we're making, the complimentary football, we have each other's back. When the offense doesn't step up, the defense does. When the defense doesn't step up, the offense does. You really can't ask for more than that on a team like this. But this is who we are. So next week, <laughs> you know who knows. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to ask Matt, our producer behind the scenes, has been uh, working on bringing up some stats and uh, not just stats, but tweets uh, from folks. Matt, if you'll go ahead and uh, get that going. Uh, when you get a chance, that would be great. Uh, Longhorns uh, defeat uh, this. Oh what is this one from? Who's this from? Texas football. <laughs> <laughs> is that Tavondre? <laughs> okay. Wow. No, no Texas that, that wasn't too. Rod laughing. That was actually the. I thought at first that was you laughing, Rod. No, no, no. That's the that's the gift or whatever they got going. No, no. <laughs> Texas football is an actual. This is okay. This is what this is what we should get into though. Seriously, all the players. How often 
after a game have all the players tweeted and taken shots at a team, right? The Texas football doesn't really do that often. They this tells you that that bulletin board material that start tried to downplay, nah, not a big deal. I mean, my guys don't care about that. We gotta focus on football. Nah, it, it meant a lot, right? That's because that 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 broke the code, right? There's a code. My man Drew knows about there's a code, all right. We all know we're competing. We going at it. You all, you ain't talking. You ain't taking shots and talking trash before the game. That's disrespectful to me, man. All right, you know we we both on scholarship, so I'm not gonna take shots at you before the game and anything like that. After the game, after you beat us, that's if you right. beat us, hey, that's why Texas Tech took their shot last year, right? Everything runs through Lovett. We saw Brees Hall do when they beat Texas. Five star culture, five star players. It's all good. That ain't a violation of the code when you take shots at a team after you beat them because you beat us. You beat us, I'm going to take that. I'm going to eat that crow and move on. When we see you again, then we'll resolve it next time. But before the game, you're taking shots. And not just shots, you got personal with it. You talked about, you know, how Texas is putting their place and, you know, how Texas, they think their blank don't stink and all this kind of stuff. You said the quiet part out loud. It's obvious that these young men took offense to it because Texas usually don't go at, they don't go after their opponents after a game. We ain't seen it a lot. Um, and they did it here. Everybody is doing it. Everybody say, hell, Texas football, the account, the Longhorn football Twitter account itself is taking shots, guys. That don't happen after a game unless, it, like Dion said, it's personal. It's personal. Hey, right, here's one that I want to say. I want to bring up that tweet first. Uh, we got some uh, good stuff coming in real quick. Uh, bring up the one from Alex Loeb. Alex Loeb uh, of Longhorn Network. Texas will clinch a spot. In the Big 12 championship game with a win over Texas Tech next week or any of the following results. Oklahoma loss, Oklahoma State loss, Kansas State win. Kansas State plays uh, Iowa State in Manhattan, by the way. Uh, So keep that one in mind. Uh, Also, this one, this is a uh, super chat uh, coming out of the Sark Presser. Making 90 and 93, Byron Murphy and Tavondre Sweat. Uh, captains was intentional. You want to call out our culture. I wanted them to look those guys in the eyes at midfield. Told you. Mark, Sars coming in hot. Yeah. They, 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 yeah, Sars trying to downplay it. Like, man, you better have taken that person. And they did. I'm glad they did. Good for them. Hey, y'all, y'all, you guys that played, y'all know what Sark did all week. Don't let it affect you in the game. Go whip their ass and we'll talk about it after the game right i mean don't let it get get a 15 yard penalty a targeting call and cost us the game go win the game and then we'll give them the business Mm -hmm. i mean we we have the talent we have the guys where this this would have happened anyway (laughs) it just this was uncalled for they asked for it exactly you asked for this man you asked for it you you I'm scrolling through Twitter right now, Rod. And I'm like, I don't know who, who the geniuses are on Twitter. There's so many different accounts who are putting together memes and <laughs> plays, highlights of, of Byron Murphy just putting the dude exactly. just sitting on his seat. Like, it just it wasn't necessary. So he's getting the attention he wanted. I mean, he wanted attention. You want to smoke. Here you yeah. are. Hey, I want to say this. Uh, I've got a little bit of news from somebody that's close to the situation. Looks like Xavier Worthy is going to be fine. Yeah. Good. I just got that uh, personal text right now. So uh, think about that. I mean, not sure what that'll mean and what Sark says, but uh, in the the actual uh, press conference post game, 
but it sounds like Xavier Worthy is going to be fine. Uh, that would be big against Texas Tech next week. Hey, hey uh, let me hit one thing. Everybody wants a little recruiting news. This is what I'll give you. Florida lost. Auburn lost. Texas won. Florida, maybe that, now that their season's crushed, they can go beat Florida State next week and uh, help the Longhorns out a little bit. But uh, things are starting to look better with Xavier Phil Same, uh, safety commit, uh, five-star committed to Florida at McKinney High. Texas talking to uh, T.J. Lindsey. Texas leads for Kobe Black. He's deciding on November 29th. Ty Anthony Smith may visit next weekend, currently committed to the Aggies, uh, who have a search firm and uh, no decisions on the coaching hire. So things are looking good. Uh, I think a third straight top five class is about a given. We love coach. We love search firms, nice. by the way. They, that, that's a surefire way of messing it up. Is there any player who epitomizes a team player more than Jay Witt? He's an absolute dog and blocks his you-know-what-off, always has when healthy. Uh, Rod, Drew, you guys talk about glue and, and people that are glue players to this team. Is he one of those guys? I mean, just unquestionably. Yeah. I mean, there are certain guys, I like to say it, you know, certain guys who come to play for Texas, certain guys who come to play at Texas, they're different. And you can always evolve and become one or the other. The guys who come to play at Texas, uh, you know, those are the guys who want to know what Texas can do for them. The guys who come to play for Texas, they're trying to see what they can do for the program. It's like that old JFK quote, right? <laughs> Ask not what you can do or what your country can do, but what you can do for your country, that kind of thing. And I think he's one of those guys that comes to play for Texas. He wants to know what he can do for the program, how he can help the program. He's not complaining about not getting the targets, not getting the balls. Uh, I think it was Brennan Marion who said, you know, uh, when, what you do without the football shows how much you love your teammates. And he loves his teammates because he does a lot without the football. All right. Yeah. Uh, this one from I, Russ Watkins, guys. Oh, there we go. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Drew. I'm no, sorry. He's, just, he, he's a guy who fell out of love with football. I mean, he went through some things early on. And so see a guy battled back from them and, it's not like he fell back in love because he's touching the ball and he's getting all these touchdowns and he's a top. He has the culture and the team and the teammates and the role and he, he gets to fight for something. And sometimes as a player, you just want to be on the field fighting for something, some somebody, some, I mean, something other than yourself. And, and he, he's embraced that more than anything. I mean, he goes hard every play. And I mean, I'm really excited for him, really proud of how he's, he's wrapping up this year. Good deal. Uh, this one from Russ Watkins. Why haven't we seen Keelan Robinson? Love the channel. Thanks, Russ. Um, look, we did see him in kick return. He got back in. They actually brought him in at one point, Rod, Drew, and Jerry, uh, on a fourth and short that they gave the ball to uh, to Cedric Baxter up the middle. 31. It was true. He was a, it was clear he was a decoy, right? Yeah. It was 31, right? Was they yep. on 31 personnel? Yep. They had three backs out there. Uh, did they go diamond? I believe it was. I don't know. I think they may have motioned, into, motioned out of it. I can't um, remember. Yeah. I have to go back and look. That'll be what I'll do tonight when yeah. this is over, Rod. And they had Jay Witt as a receiver. I think I remember that play. Jay Witt was the receiver, which I thought was interesting because usually it'll be X-Man and maybe Dylan Digi or A.D. Mitchell, but they had Jay Witt out there. And I'm like, yeah, if you're going to run the ball – why not have the best blocking option out there in Jay Witt? So I, I love the fact that there was Jay Witt out there in that package, whatever it was. I think it was 31, though. I want to I want to add this. Nice play call from Sark on in the uh on the uh, two-point conversion. 
Yes. About that. that was a nice play call from him. Hadn't seen that all year. Uh, put Texas up by two full scores. All right, uh, this from Jordan uh, Whittington from Inside Texas. I think we've got a six-star culture right now. See? And it's led by you, dude. It's led by you. You are the reason. You are one of the reasons we have a six-star culture. So yeah. Andre Sweat showing up and playing as hard as he was with the talent he has. But, I mean, there's just some guys who you just got to – I mean, they've anchored what, what's being built here. And so – we're going to lose some of these guys next year. We're going to lose a lot of these core culture guys. And I'm hoping that what we're building now, some of these young guys can see the standard. The standard's being set. The standard's being set from a culture perspective. And I think at every position, a standard's being set. Anytime you get a new coach or a certain player. I remember coming in and thinking, okay, well, Derek Johnson's the standard at linebacker. I don't know about that. You know, Rod B, I mean, Akina, as much as you can talk about the stardom of, of Vash and some of these guys – when it came to tape and film, we're studying and drills. There's a standard that was set. And so you always get coached to a standard. I feel like at most of the positions across the field, we're seeing a standard set. Tavondre Sweat, Byron Murphy, they're setting a standard. Any player that comes in now knows you got to be coached at this point. It ain't no you coming in as a freshman and you're going to ball out and we're just going to let you just know you have to play to a standard. You have to show up to a standard. Jalen Ford shows up to a standard. We have guys playing to a standard. And so there are certain positions on the team where we have to elevate what that standard is and have a marquee guy who can set that standard. But for the most part, man, we, we have some guys who, who are setting a standard from a cultural perspective and setting a standard from a play perspective. And we just got to keep elevating that if we continue to develop. To, to, Damn, to, piggyback, to piggyback on Drew, the most impressive thing to me the last two years about Texas football is Roshan Johnson was the leader and he wasn't a starter. And Jay Whittington's the fourth or fifth or sixth option on the offense, and he's he's a leader. That that is not those are things that are very rarely seen on back to back teams in college sports. Very rare. Absolutely. I all right. Hey, this is the uh, post game show uh, brought to you by the folks at Flight uh, by Yingling. The next generation of light beer and by the Yingling, six generations of brewing excellence from the oldest brewery in America. That's Yingling. Uh, give them a shout, uh, a shot uh, if you're wanting to drink something that has less calories, uh, less carbs as well. All right, uh, we're going to get back to the questions and some thoughts here. Uh, here's a, a something from Thomas45. When we win the Big 12 championship, do you think it's enough to get us in the College uh -oh. football playoff. Do uh -oh. we really want to jinx that, guys? Is it is it worth it to talk about that, or do we? Yeah, wait I'm not playing. I can Friday? talk about it. <laughs> You're not ready to talk about it, Jerry. No, I can, I'm not I'm ready about it. to talk about it. I mean, I can talk about it. Yeah. Make zero and zero, and have zero yards and zero catches and zero tackles. I can talk about it. Uh, <laughs> what do you I think, mean, Jerry? I, I look. I think if Texas wins out, Alabama's not jumping Texas. I Texas won head to head, and I think it's going to matter. Um, uh, Michigan or Ohio State's going to get bounced. I mean, then it's going to come down to Oregon if they beat Washington. And what does the committee do? That's what this whole thing. Because I think Florida State will lose one of the next two games. Then that's what it's going to come down to. Yeah, I think the Big Ten's in, SEC's in, the Pac-12's in. I think those three conferences in. It'll come down to Florida State, Texas, and what they think about Florida State now that their starting quarterback is out. Interesting. Yep. All right, hey, here's one. Russell, uh, I don't know what the coaches said to the O-line at halftime, and this is good because we haven't talked about this. 
But whatever it was, they need to say it at the beginning of every game. No. It was the best in a while. They really did come up. Uh, they come up they changed the run game. game a little bit, too, by the way, in the second They game. changed it. They start pulling guys. Yes. They start pulling guys. I don't know if it was GT counters or what, but we start seeing guys giving – I mean, and, and Baxter was patient on the way he, he kind of handled the run game. He was waiting for blocks to set up. But also, we weren't – Quinn wasn't looking for the deep ball anymore. I mean, some of those sacks were covered sacks. I mean, those guys were blanketed. And when I mean, you just start dumping the, the ball off to your to your to your safety valves, let that open up the game. Take the yards you can get. And so, a combination of, of starting to move and pull some of those um, the offensive linemen in the run game a little bit more a little bit more frequently, along mm-hmm. with just dumping it off. It's a simple thing sometimes. Just take the yards you can get. It was it was really simple. They. I can say the the adjusting by Sark was so subtle. Like they were really subtle. I I can't wait to go back and watch it. I'll try to do it tonight, but I'll probably do it in the morning. Um, But I remember one play, Xavier Worthy's running a drag route. You guys might remember it. And it's a side adjustment between him and Quinn. Quinn adjusting the pocket to manipulate the defenders on the drag route. And and, uh, Xavier Worthy hesitates on the drag route like he's going to stop and then continues on the drag route. I don't know if anybody remembers it. And then Quinn hits him. It was a beautiful poetry. It was. was, I was like. I was like. Oh man, that was a beautiful side adjustment. You could tell that it was something that they worked on. Like, so I don't know if it was Quinn and Xavier making a a, a, you know adjustment of a chess match in the game, or Sark to Quinn to Xavier Worthy making adjustment. It don't matter. I don't give a damn. I don't care. It was. It was amazing. It was great. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. You got to win the chess match in the game because. They 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 really they basically turned the fundamental assignment sound. I would say defense. They turned them. They turned their keys against them, and that's another way they did it, right? Usually, oh man, the guy he's going to stop or he's going to continue. If he continues, I'll pass him off in coverage. But if he stops, he's mine. I got to go take him. But hell, if he stops and then I, I I try to take him, then he continues, and then we're all basically you you threw off our keys. And there was a lot of that. There were a lot of little things like that. The touchdown passes were like that. There, I probably can count six or seven things on top of my head that were like that in this game, and I think that was intentional by Sark. I think he was he was feeling out this three high three down of John Haycock, and it was it, it was basically him and John Haycock going at it, kind of matching wits. And you you know, I, like I said, I'll give Sark a lot of credit. I think he outcoached Haycock in the second half. I think he did a great job of uh, being able to dial up certain plays against specific looks that he knew were uh were gonna be favorable looks against you know John Haycock's three high three down defense. All right, that's Rod Babers with the the talk about uh, Texas's win tonight 26-16. Hey guys, I want to bring it back to the offensive line real quick. Playing in a, at night, big stadium, loud noise. I think I, I counted one false start and that was in late in the second half to Cole Hudson. Uh, yes, they had a couple of holds, but, you know, those are going to happen. I'm surprised that there were no holding calls against Iowa State. Maybe maybe they couldn't hold Byron Murphy because he's by him so fast. I don't know. All right, uh, let's go, let's ask some other questions here. Uh, this one from Brad Davis. This year, I'm thankful for no Wildcat versus Iowa State. Hey, Sark had, had the short yardage called up good today. I mean, he really did. Texas was really good in short yardage. Uh, here's one from Justin Yarbrough. Great game and great effort for four quarters. Let's build on this momentum. 
and hopefully Worthy will be healthy with this week. We do believe Xavier Worthy is going to be fine. Was this, let me ask uh, you this question, Drew. Was this the best four-quarter performance you've seen, or at least from the second quarter on, that you've seen from Texas in, I don't know, quite a while? Like consistency? I mean, honestly, it's it's hard for me to overlook the Bama game uh, this year. So like seven games, though. But yes, yes, absolutely. I felt like we were in control. Bobby, when you jumped off the the watch with us, the the, the live stream, I, I was hoping we we had to say a prayer for, prayer for you, man. You, you were not. <laughs> was it a good place? You, you, you were in a different place than you were once we came back here. Yes, here today. Yeah, because they but, were not looking good. Bobby they, took they, his light they, to the refrigerator they, for a Yingling. <laughs> <laughs> But, but yes, I, I'll say this. There, there was a consistency and there was a control. And I felt this way in games multiple times this year. I think a couple of weeks ago at BYU, like people were like, why do we keep going forward? Why do we keep going for touch? Like, why do we keep going forward in the red zone? The, why don't we just kick a field goal? You know your team and you know when you're in control. I'm not saying it doesn't get risky or shaky or, or ill-advised. I'm not saying that. But I felt like we were in control. After those first few drives when we got off script, I feel like the defense had a good sense of what they were going to do, really beyond the slants in the passing game. And, and I felt like I was watching Brock Purdy uh, play quarterback. I mean, the, the quarterback in and of itself, like he wasn't going to make any mistakes. He made the safe throws. They gave him easy reads. So I felt like we were in control defensively. And Sark just had enough time to figure out offensively. And from there, the running game got going. And we, we, we I mean, we, we controlled it. I really feel like we were controlled for, for the entirety of the game. Yeah, I, I do. I think that's 100% correct. I mean, look, outside the one fourth and one pop pass, I mean, I would say it had, what, 260 yards in the game. Outside of that one play, they had 260 yards in the game. Uh, Texas went in in one time of possession. They won rushing. Uh, they won first downs. They, run thir- they won third downs. I mean, they won every facet of the game. Turnovers were won a pop piece, so they didn't lose a turnover battle. Um, I mean, the only thing they had more of was penalties. I mean, they didn't win the penalty battle, but we knew going into the game they weren't going to win the penalty battle. Uh, so, I mean, other than the pop pass, I mean, that was a that was a dominated game. I, I agree. All right, uh, got some more super chats coming in. William Wade, Michael Dutton, and John Kennedy. Uh, thank you all for the super chats. We appreciate you guys. Uh, Greg C. With this one, uh, if by the way, if you guys have questions and you put in the super chat, just let us know. Uh, Matt, our producer, will try to take care of you there. Uh, Greg C., I feel like this was the most complete game we played from beginning to end. What do you think? I I just said yes, except for uh, Alabama, most likely. That's Drew's point. I agree with that. Uh, What do you all think about this one? Uh, We did talk about this in the non-holding calls, uh, yet Texas was flagged, I counted, six times in the first half. Zero for uh, Iowa State. And by the way, the only time Iowa State was flagged in the first half, it had to go to the booth review. <laughs> out of bound first. That's the only way they threw a flag. Brett Yormark was there. Uh, I'm not saying that was, you know, purposeful, but it was. We want to see him next week too, Bobby. Yeah. 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 Well, I think it was pretty even. I think it evened out at the it end did. of the game. The, the, it did. Yeah. And honestly, guys, if if you go back and look at the calls, the calls actually were it, by the letter of the law. Yeah. They were the, they were the calls. I mean, they were flagged. I mean, they were penalties. 
Um, you know, you could you could argue that they were being very strict about their interpretation, but they were penalties. I mean, they you know what though? You know what though, Rod? There was one play that set the tone for the rest of the game. That first pass interference on yeah. on, on, on Ryan Watts. Very twelve yards out of bounds, but he didn't have was And I understand there's contact, but you kind of got a sense of how the game was going to be called, and you're like, really? Yes, that's, that's yes. the way we're going to call it. Great that's point. The way we're going to call it today. So I you're think right. that's set the tone for the rest of the game, where we're like, wow, that's how we're going to call it today, right? Very okay. Yep. So I, I think that first penalty we got with Ryan Watts because that was on a that was on a third, and I mean it was a third down play. Yeah, third I mean that's third it just yeah. that that one hit, and I think the rest of it from there was just like ah, these refs just not feeling right. <laughs> and that was questionable, in my opinion. That one was questionable. All right, uh, here we go. Official name change: Ten Wins Sark. What do you think, guys? Not when you do it once. Yeah. Well, how about we call him Thirteen Wins Sark at the end of this year? That might yeah, be there you go. thirteen or fourteen. Yeah. How about that? All right, uh, Pop Feast uh, with the Super Chat. Thank you as well. Uh, Takishi uh, S2K, hopefully that tweet from Xavier means he's okay. What did y'all see? Um, actually, it's not what we saw. I've been told that he should be fine. I got a, yeah. someone sent me that text earlier that uh, is a source, and uh, I tend to believe him. So we'll go with that one. Uh, this is from uh, Antonio Harris. Drew, you got to give us the link for this hat. Uh, <laughs> I will find it. It's from... Drew put it back on. They love the hat. Yeah, it's clean. It's clean. It is. Bobby, I sent you the link. Bobby, I, asked, I, I will Bobby get it to you. Send, send me an email at ontexasfootball at gmail. I'll send you guys the link to it. That's Drew, cool. I went and bought one for myself, by the way. And I, I saw like somebody, that. by the way, another thing is I saw somebody out. They actually bought, went and bought that hat to themselves, Drew, because they saw you wearing it uh, as well. All right. Uh, this one from uh, 13TX. You. Or, yo, that win was big boy style. Stole the hearts from those guys. Don't let this win go undervalued. Iowa State wanted this one bad. Appreciates all of you guys' insights, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Was it big boy style? Maybe I'll, it was. I mean, I'll it was a dominating win in some ways. Everybody in the country, and I, when I say everybody, I really mean this, has been just waiting for Texas to fall. Uh, you you lose the OU rivalry game and all the other stuff. It's like, okay, they, they expect that to be a toss-up. But they've been waiting for us to lay an egg, and we haven't done it yet. So whether you call it big boy ball, whatever you want to call it, it is what it is. The guys, in spite of going two games with an injured quarterback, losing your bell cow running back, having injuries at tight end, having injuries on the offensive line, having injuries in the defensive backfield, we're 10-1. and one. Uh, this is just this. This is different. And and every season shakes out differently. But the thing is, is I don't even think we have the depth we think we need to be a consistent contender year over year over year. We still have to develop that. We yeah. still have to build that. We still have to recruit that. We still have to get that out of the portal. But in spite of not having that, um, especially in a, in a league that is heavily schematic, like I, I'm sorry. I look at other leagues. I look at other teams. I look at, I look, I watch college football. The big 12 is just a different league when it comes to schematics, especially on defense. Uh, we used to be a league that just nobody thought we played defense right now. What we're able to do schematically and the way the guys have to show up and think the game week after week, it's just different than I think they'll be stressed in the future. So we got to continue to build the talent, but learning to play situationally, 
learning to 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 win games where you have you're having to win in spite of yourself. You're having to win in spite of having some really good coaches on the other side who are dialing up things. There's a million different plays they could have ran on that pop play um, on that fourth and one, that fourth and short. They just dialed up the perfect play. Like you just um, you you gotta you gotta tip your hat to these guys because they're, they're playing against guys who 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 want blood. They're on the road. I, I had on John Wick earlier on TV um, in the background while I was when we jumped on, but I switched over to the Dark Knight. <laughs> so, so that that's where we are. Dark, darkness is our ally. So it's playing in the background right now. But I'm proud of this team. All right, this is the post-game show brought to you by Flight, the next generation of light beer. I'm Bobby Burton, joined by Drew Kelson, Rod Babers, Jerry Hamilton uh, on Texas football and inside Texas. Uh, guys, uh, I want to go back to one thing, and, and this is just me. We talk about the maturity and how they're moving forward. A year ago, Texas, Quinn Ewers doesn't make the plays he's made, uh, the plays he made second, third, and fourth quarter a year ago. This game goes in, and, and Texas doesn't win this game, in my opinion. Uh, with Quinn, they didn't have the dominating run game. I, I, I just felt I felt like I saw Quinn mature a little bit over the second quarter uh, on, uh, particularly the fourth quarter. I thought he played extremely well, took care of the ball the whole time. Uh, at the same time, you know, I thought he played poorly in the first quarter. Hmm. So how, how does that maturity – and, Drew, you're talking about people being – being intelligent and the defense is making quarterbacks be that Jerry, your, your, yours, Drew's rod, whoever wants to, to discuss this, you know, Quinn Ewers has become a smarter quarterback still could get better. No doubt about that. But what have you seen in his maturity of late and particularly in this game against this defense? Uh, I think I, what I like about him uh, against this three high, three down is, first of all, he's willing to take the check down, right? He's willing to take what the defense is giving him. He did that. We even saw in that U of H game before he got hurt. Take If the defense is going to give you six seven, six yards on a check down, take it. Take it. All right? And then we'll regroup and recalibrate once we, you know, get ahead of the chains. Uh, that's something I think for young quarterbacks is hard. Um, you know, and honestly, and Sark talked about this with Malik when Malik was actually starting at quarterback in uh, Quinn's injury with Quinn's injury, he said, taking the sack. I know we took four sacks in this game. Sometimes you got to eat the football, right? And don't make a bad decision with the football. And Quinn doesn't do that normally, but in this game, it, it was, it was trending toward, Oh man, I wonder if he's going to try throwing a tight coverage into a tight window for something early on. And he didn't It's kind of work within the parameters of the offense. I'll give him credit for that. And I think Quinn, what I'm also noticing that he's great at is battling through adversity, battling through slow starts. You know, it's not always, you're not always going to get into a rhythm and get into a groove. You're not always going to start on a hot streak. You know, sometimes you got to battle through that ugly part of the game and kind of find your groove. And he, I've seen him do that like two or three times this year. Um, and then he finds his groove late. We saw him do it um, in that one of those games early. We saw him do it in Oklahoma game. Right, start off slow and then find his groove early. He's played some of his best football actually after slow starts this year. Um, I think that's a credit to Quinn's mental toughness that he's getting mentally tougher as a quarterback, which you got to be. Hey, and by the way, something to remember next week, it's only going to be his 20th start because of injuries. He still hasn't started 20 games. It feels like he should have. He's only, he's only played 19 college games. Next week's his 20th game. So he's, he's still young. 
as in, as far as a quarter being a quarterback goes, especially considering he gave away his senior year in high school when you'd have been the leader of your program and community. Yeah, heard Mel Kuyper say this weekend um, that he thinks Quinn should go back to school too. Yeah, I, I think that's headed that way. We reported that, uh, or I reported that uh, he's at least 90% uh, likely to return uh, to Austin uh, this coming year uh, for next year. Uh, big win for the Longhorns. He led the way, in my opinion, on offense uh, and gave Cedric Baxter the latitude. And uh, boy, the freshman for Orlando really came up big with a 100 yard uh, game as well. Jaden Blue spelled him. Uh, and we talked about JT Sanders uh, in the passing game and that whatnot, Gunnar Helm with a strong game, uh, too, from, from uh, the other tight end, as well as Adonai Mitchell, Xavier Worthy, and uh, uh, Jordan Whittington. Obviously, can, can all get, the offense. Can we get JT guys. Sanders? Can we get JT Sanders and Gunnar Helm back next year? Yeah, <laughs> bring, bring the crew back together. I mean, well, look, if Sark only turns in Sanders blocking tape to the NFL, they'll tell him to come back. <laughs> that, there's a reason I asked that question. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, JS Hooper says, still no holding versus Sweater Murphy. Big 12 is ridiculous. Any NFL scouts will be incredulous watching film. I uh, could not agree more on that. Uh, this one from Michael Williams. Uh, we need to realize this program was horrible three years ago. True. I uh, We agree. Right now, we don't have the program Bama and Georgia have. They have 10 to 15 years of program st stability, excited for the future. Hook them. Uh, they do have uh, – I don't know that Georgia has 10 to 15 years. Kirby's been there only seven or eight. Uh, but what they do have is they have recruited uber well for a long period of time, and they are just turning turning guys over and over and over, and it's one first-round pick after the other. Hopefully, that's where Texas ends up, uh, if uh, Texas can end up in the top five in recruiting again this year. Jerry, uh, Longhorns currently at number seven. They picked up Wardell Mack, a defensive yeah. back. For those that don't follow recruiting, uh, a defensive back out of River Ridge, John Curtis, or no, out of Shaw, excuse me, Archbishop Shaw down in uh, – John Merritt. John Eric in uh, Marrero, Louisiana. He was originally committed to Florida, guys. They're still on a couple other guys. You mentioned Kobe Black out of Waco Connolly. There's a couple other guys. Longhorn's still uh, trying to build that group up, Jerry. No, there's no doubt. I mean, there's 20 commitments. The class will go 24, maybe 25 if there's a numbers buster in there. Uh, but, look, I, they're going to sign, uh, I think, a third straight top five class at this point. And, and the ranking doesn't matter as much as it, it is a point, though. There's a point to this that, you know, if you look at Alabama and you look at Georgia, the last 10, I mean, even Mark Rick was recruiting really, really well. He just couldn't win that over-the-hump game at Georgia. There is 15 years of recruiting there in recruiting rankings. And some people, the people that say recruiting rankings don't matter, the ones that aren't signing top five and six classes, obviously. But if you start tacking, stacking top five classes, it goes to Drew's point earlier, Texas still isn't where they can get. They're on their way. But if you can stack another top three class, then as long as you're addressing needs, which Sark is doing, they're, they're not over-signing at wide receiver, right, and debilitating the offensive line. They're building this the correct way. Then you're going to see content when there's injuries next year as this team and this as this roster continues to grow up, you're going to see more talented players come in and replace injured players. And they may be young but you're going to continue to see that build. Uh, I mean, that, and that's the key is can you sustain injuries and keep your season alive? It's a, it's a war of attrition, 
Uh, guys are going to get hurt. Um, but Texas is building this roster with the talent they need to to compete when things are going well or when they have adversity. Got it. All right, this one from JJ. Drew and Rod, when we can make a team one-dimensional like tonight, is it safe to assume PK and Sark aren't too concerned about 350 passing yards as long as a explosive plays are limited? Look, they've taken away the run from – uh, Kansas State, which was one of the top running teams in the country. And then Kansas State proceeded to throw the ball around the yard pretty good. Uh, they took it away from some other teams as well. And TCU, for example, and they threw the ball around. Iowa State, not good enough, but they did connect on a couple of big plays, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, I think for – we, I don't think they're okay with it. Um, we know that because they're blitzing more. Right, it seems like they're blitzing more. Well, situationally, when they know that they're that that their opponent's going to throw the football, when they knew Iowa State was going to throw the football, even on that uh, last play for Iowa State, they came after them. They came after a young Rocco back. So I, I don't think they're okay with it. I think they have come to grips, right, uh, with the you know with the reality that there's just some concept they're not really good at defending. They did defend the bunch formation a lot better though. Cluster groups of receivers versus Iowa State. Inside cuts, not so much. They didn't defend those very well. But they did defend the cluster groups of receivers uh, much better versus Iowa State. So I can say they're improving, but I think they're just trying to bring more pressure now. They know they got organic pressure up the middle with Tavondre Sweat, Byron Murphy, and these D tackles they have. They're so deep there. Alfred Collins, Vernon Brighton. I think now they just want to focus on see if they can bring more pressure off the edges. And I think they, they're they trying to do that a little bit more, too, situationally on passing down. So I don't know if they're okay with it. They want to they, – they would like, ideally, to be able to shut down teams. They're playing bump and run now, if you'll notice, too, on the field side and on the boundary side. Now, guys still need to get inside leverage, but ideally they want to be a bump and run team on passing downs. And I think they want organic pressure, but they're going to bring blitzes now, I think, because they know they can't hold up too long in coverage. They know that. Yeah, you know, one of my concerns, Rod, and I hope I hope we can get through it long term. This is a long term thing is we have a really, really, really good D-line. We do. Yeah. And you wonder sometimes or I wonder sometimes if our DBs have an internal clock where they just think, especially later in the games, if we have a lead or we're stopping the run, where they're just like, they're covering the receiver, but they're also like, damn, the D-line's not there yet? Like, how long do I have to cover this guy? And they don't realize, like, hey, man, the ball just snapped. Like, you got to lock in. <laughs> like, it's still – the play is still going on. Yeah. And I do feel as though um, our D-line is so disruptive. There are times where we have guys peeking in the backfield, losing their receiver, just like almost hoping, like, are they there yet? And we got to stay locked in and got to stay in coverage and we got to make sure we're blanking in our guides. Yeah. So I, 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 I'm with you on, on that 100%. And I do feel as though we do have some DBs who just, it's almost like they have this internal clock where they think they're free and you're not free yet, man. Yeah. These guys are still working. You keep working so they can work. Agreed. Yep. All right. Uh, look, guys, a uh, big win tonight. Uh, Brandon Ralston here. Don't care what anyone says. Mm -hmm. Sark called a phenomenal game. Rod, you talked mm -hmm. about this. And C.J. Baxter, that man, stepped up. I think we took a step forward as a program tonight. Uh, guys, y'all think we yeah. took a step forward as a program tonight? I agree. I mean, think about all the – like I said, we talked about all the things working against Texas. 
you know, the, the, the officiating early on, I'm not saying it was bad or, you know, some conspiracy theory, but they were being really strict in their interpretation of the calls. They're working against Texas, the injuries, no Jonathan Brooks. You had guys getting hurt early on in that game, right? I mean, Samoje Sweat got nicked up and then JT Sanders got nicked up. I mean, you know, we were freaking out a little bit early on. It was just a cramp for JT Sanders. You had some injuries in this game too. Uh, also, you know, on the road, Iowa State, uh, John Haycock in that three high, three down defense I talk about all the time. It just seemed like it was trending toward Texas potentially playing a lackluster game here. And I'm not going to say they played a complete, you know, dominant game. They, they started out a little bit slow, um, but they played some of their best football in clutch time down the stretch. In a, matter of fact, after they started the fourth quarter, they scored a touchdown. They literally started there. It was like their Wyoming game almost. Remember the Wyoming game? They played Wyoming down to a 10-10 tie. And like the, I believe the very first play of the fourth quarter, Xavier already scores a touchdown in the first play. Gun. And it was like from then on, boom, game busters. It kind of felt like this too. Toward the end of that third quarter, I want to say they get the interception toward the end of the third, right? That was like the last couple of minutes of the third. And then the start of the fourth quarter, they scored a touchdown with Gunnar Helm. And then, boom, you go from, hey, I thought it was uh, my stomach was freaking out at the bubble guts to now, man, this thing's about to win. I think I'll win by like, like 15 points or something like that. They won by 10, of course, double digits. But that's they, the, the difference in this game is you still had a low. You did. The start of the game was a bit of a low. It was. And like I said, this team's going to give you a spectacular stretch of football. They're going to give you a lapse and a lull of football. As long as you get the spectacular stretch toward the end of the game, you'll get what you had tonight. You'll get what you had in the Bama game. You'll get what you had in the Wyoming game. But what's happened prior to this game in three of the four games, you got your ugly stretch of football toward the end and your spectacular stretch toward the beginning, and then you had to hold on for dear life. I still think this team is who they are. I'm not I'm not even looking for them to play perfect four-quarter football. Some of y'all still are, and God bless y'all for that, all right? Mm-hmm. Y'all kids has probably got a hard life because y'all got unrealistic expectations, okay? Mm-hmm. Listen, I'm all about enjoying the ride, okay? Just, hey, enjoy the ride. You got the win? That's what we're celebrating today. And this team, based on the sample size, I watch film. I just watch. I, I, I go where the evidence takes me. I'm a football investigator. The evidence tells me this team's going to play a brilliant stretch. They're going to play an ugly stretch, but they're going to find a way to make clutch plays in critical moments. That's who they are. That's who they were tonight. It's fine. That's okay. That's okay. And and that does not mean we can't play with anybody in the country either. I think no. that's what people are failing to realize. Like, we just got to keep winning. Yeah. We just got to keep winning. Hey, by, by the way, Alfred Collins looked a little healthier tonight. I wanted to point that out. He was moving with more energy after he had he didn't have the knee sleeve on after the injury against U of H. I think an interest. I, I think something we hadn't talked about. Rod and Drew talk about this. Texas has dominated games in a four man front and a three man front this year. That is defensive line versatility, man. They can play whatever front they need and have dominated games uh, against the run in both fronts and with a light box. Yeah. And with a light box, they can play with fewer defenders than the opponent has blockers. And that's hugely important because Texas is going to need it because all the uh, liabilities and shortcomings and pass defense in the secondary, they can always just add extra defenders and they can play the run with because they got Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy and Alfred Collins, Brandon Brighton. They can play the front 
all right, with lighter boxes and play two high shell coverages. A lot of teams they just cannot afford to do that. And when you play when you play in the college football playoff, if knock on wood, that's where they get to, or you're playing against you know these these teams like Gundy and Oklahoma State in a Big 12 title game who have a dominant rusher, but they may decide to spread you out to do so, you still can be really, really yep. sound in assignment sound and win the numbers advantage in the passing game, but still be stout in the running game. That's the, that's why uh, this random football theory discussion, we can get into it later, but look at D tackles in the NFL right now, high premium D tackles. They're being paid as much as edge rushers now. Because defensive coordinators are saying, I need a war daddy inside so I can play with a light box and I can I can I can allocate resources for the passing game and I don't have to stack the box every time to stop the run. But if you give me a, a Chris Jones or a Quentin Williams, hell I can do that. Tavondre Sweat, you about to make a lot of money, young man. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Rod. You have, you have a great way of words. All right, Taylor Johnson uh, should should have been 40 to 16, but I'll take it. Can we please stop doing the straight to the side throw play that never goes anywhere or loses yards? They have thrown that quite a few times and has not been it's exactly. Greg Davis special. I call it the Greg Davis special. You don't Greg like the Davis Greg Davis special, special, man? That's a tribute to Greg Davis. <laughs> hey, let me ask you this, Cl- Clifton Hines. Coach Baxter told our coach Choice told Baxter to hit the hole hard. You think there was any kind of comment there to uh, to the Longhorn coaches or from the Longhorn coaches to said Baxter? I, I, I just think as the game goes on and you you decide to be just more direct and assertive with your run game, he knows where to go. He's not having to read anything. When you have two big linemen pulling in front of you. You don't have to do all this reading. You don't have to read zone, inside zone, outside zone. You don't have to do any reading. It's like, dude, let these two big guys get in front of you. Go get as many yards as you can get. And it just it kind of simplified the game a bit. I really think it just simplified the game for him. Got it. Uh, Carson Wright, William Wade, and Clifton Hines, thank you all for the Super Chats. Keith Wood uh, as well. Uh, this, was, uh, this one's from William Wade. Texas D was on a mission. Uh, Cyclone smack talk had the big boys motivated. Sark adjusted in the second half. Great win, complete game. I think we all agree with that, uh, William Wade. This one from Sean. Great win tonight. And, Jerry, I'm going to ask you this one, but I must ask this question. Do you guys think that Evan Stewart will transfer to Texas so that he can play with his buddy, Jontae Cook? I don't know that Stewart got back in the game again today for the Aggies, did he? Yeah, I don't know. There's something there. We're um, obsessed with that story, man. I can't. There's, there's, uh, look, there's something going on there. Um, hey, uh, Sark just said we have five-star culture. Wow. Okay. Wow. You do. I, and I'm not sitting here calling wow. Evan out for sure, but what I am saying is I think Texas will be selective. Interesting. they can be. All right. Uh, Clifton Hines says Quinn doesn't turn the ball over. Uh, I completely agree with you, Clifton. Uh, that was a big part of tonight's game. Texas with only one turnover, matching Iowa State. Matt, if you don't mind, would you please bring up the stats again? I want to I want to revisit those for for people that are just now joining us. Uh, the stats from tonight uh, for the Longhorns, both offense and defense. Uh, just going through this, uh, Longhorns finish uh, with 411 total yards. Uh, that's 50 more than the uh, Cyclones were giving up on average. Quinn Ewers threw for 281. The Longhorns rushed for 130. 
117 of that, Cedric Baxter. Uh, five of 13 are guys on third down for the Longhorns. Uh, I know we talked about this. They don't even want to get in third downs uh, mm -hmm. for the Longhorns anymore. Uh, the, the penalties came out about even at the end of it. It wasn't as one-sided as it was going into the half. Uh, and time of possession. This is a, a Cyclone team that likes to really suck the ball, suck the time out of the out of the game. Longhorns win time of his possession, 31 minutes to 29 uh, tonight. Uh, one turnover apiece, three sacks for Texas, four sacks uh, for uh, the Cyclones. Uh, but uh, all in all, uh, just a tremendous game uh, from Texas from the second period on. Uh, Longhorns coming out with a win, 26 uh, to 16. Uh, all right, we talked about play. Was there a play of the game? We talked about yes. players we really like. Was there yes. a play of the game, Jerry? Yeah, Byron Murphy's second sack because the the the, the uh, paint huffing uh, guy uh, messed up the assignment. And Byron Murphy knocked the quarterback, the center into the quarterback and got the sack. I mean, that's the play of the game for me. Because the, the guy who put his mouth on the line missed I his know. assignment when the game was on the line. Seriously. That was Iowa State's last offensive play of the game. I'm going to go with one that's different. I'm going to go with one that's different. I'm going to go with the 50-yard field goal from Burt Auburn going into half. That's good. I like that. That was a big, that was a big play. Because Texas had kind of controlled that second quarter, but didn't have the lead until they went into halftime. Drew, you're you're kind of I see you looking. What what do you think the play of the game was? I, listen, I've given this guy a hard time for for, for years now, but but he, I think he has three picks on the season. Jaron Thompson's pick. Um, I mean, to see him be decisive, to see him have some nice clean footwork, drive to make that interception. At the end of the day, he was in position where he could have broken up that pass and we would have all been happy with it. Uh, he went and made a play. And so I just – hats off to him for making that play. Um, he's a guy we've beaten up. There are other guys that we've watched play safety this year. They haven't made plays like that. So if you ever wonder why 28's on the field, uh, as frustrating as he can be sometimes for some of us, I'm very proud of him to see him make that play tonight. Um, just, I mean, th that was not a gimme. Uh, he had to go complete that play. And so I'm just, I'm, I'm happy he, um, uh, for me, that was a play of the game. I was just proud to see him step up and make that play when we needed it. Uh, so it. It's hard to disagree with what Drew said. I, so, so I won't just double down on what Drew, because I agree with Drew 100%. I'll go to the Tavondre set block structure point. And the reason yeah, is because hard. momentum of the game, you're going to look at it around that time. They score. It wasn't scored there when they scored. Was it 15-9 uh, at that time? No, 13 to – It would have been 13 to 10 if they would have completed it. Yes. Okay, so they that blocks extra point was huge at the time because, man, 13 – it would have been 30, obviously 10, but it was scoring two points off of made it 15 to 9. It really did it, – it, it made that touchdown – so less impactful. It just, it really took all the momentum away from Iowa State at that time. You know how I you know why I know this guys? Because I experienced it, except on a much larger scale. In the Texas OU game in 2002, I took a pick six to the house, and I thought, dude, 
We're about to beat Oklahoma, and Rob B. going to be the hero, baby. This is about to be awesome. And the very next play, well, sorry, two plays later, because we keep the extra point, they return a kickoff return deep into our territory. And if I'm not mistaken, they score right then, right before the half, and everybody forgets all about Rob B's little pick six. Just suck the life out of that momentum. That's what that extra, that's what the block extra point did, man. I don't know how it worked out that way. I felt it too. I was like watching, like, damn. Because it was because they returned it and got points out of it. So it, it made was it a feel like play. That's, a, that's a culture play, Rod. Yeah, you can man. take that play off. You can take that play. You can make it look like you're going hard on that play. You can assume they're going to kick the field goal on that play. And they, he, he made no assumptions. Man. Now I want to go back and see who was the offensive lineman uh, <laughs> on that play. <laughs> you might be that play hey, you, wrote a, you wrote a check, you couldn't cash it. And yeah. Sweat could probably take that play off any other week. That's but a great that, point. this week and that player, I, I want to see that. Uh, like who, that. Who made him go hard on that play in particular? I want to say this as well. Another play that I think we haven't really talked about is that short yardage pass on fourth down uh, to uh, Jordan Whittington. That was a, that was a great play call from Steve Sarkeesian uh, as well. All right, uh, let's go to Rocky Poor here. Uh, can you talk about how hard it is to build the culture Texas is building? Drew, you just mentioned that uh, that was a culture play, overcoming injuries uh, to the head to the quarterback uh, for two games, officiating, getting in our own way. Five-star culture. What do y'all think? How hard is it? I mean, because really that's what Sark's done. Yep. Yeah, these are, these are know, not everybody gets it over the top. I mean, mm-hmm. Jimbo thought he had it done at, at uh, in College Station and got yep. 10 wins, and that thing fell, fell apart like a house of cards. Okay. How hard is it to get there and keep it there? Can, can, can I say something without Drew and Rod jumping on me for saying this? Um it's harder at A&M or Texas because in the state of Texas, uh, football is keen and there's so much media coverage from guys like us um, that we create a little bit sometimes more entitled high school football players. Um, and I th- always thought that made A&M and Texas a very, very difficult job compared to some others. Um, it's it, as great as the state of uh, uh, Texas is for high school football. It's so great. There is a negative that comes with it. I mean, doing this job nationally, you don't see in other places. Um, so when you when you build the culture the right way at an AM or Texas, I mean, I really tip my hat to you because I think it's a little more difficult here. I really do. And I'll add to that because, by the way, a brilliant point, astute observation, Jerry, because I agree 100 percent. I'll add to that. I think it's tougher in the NIL transfer yes. portal era than ever before. Uh, Matt Brown built a hell of a culture with us, Drew, but, man, it would have been way tougher with Transfer Portal and NIL the way it is now. It's like it's like raising kids is tougher with social media. Like, it's just tougher. It is. Man, Rod, Rod, you see the suits these dudes be wearing going <laughs> to the games? They drew like the NFL. Tied to one gray swap necklace. It's like a GQ yeah. red carpet situation. Like, my, my little suit I wore every week. <laughs> It's a different culture, man. We have to earn our suits. <laughs> hey, a uh, couple other stuff going on. This is the post-game uh, show. We're going to get to some more questions in a second. Post-game show brought to you by the folks at Yingling uh, and Flight, the next generation of light beer from America's oldest brewery. Uh, appreciate them sponsoring the post-game show as well as Faust Distributing. Uh, I'm Bobby Burton alongside Jerry Hamilton, Drew Kelson, and Rod Babers. If you're just joining us, 
uh, welcome into the post game show. Uh, guys, we have some more questions to get to uh, here as well. Uh, let's start with this one. And, and I don't know here. Brian Eights, our Byron Eights, is asking a question here. Whatever happened to uncatchable in ref in refereeing to the call on uh, on Ryan Watts? Yeah, love the show, guys, and hook them because that was. I mean, the ball was uncatchable. It was five yards out of bounds and high. There was no way that was catchable. Did they call it earlier before the ball was thrown? If they call it before the ball's thrown, though, guys. It, it's holding. That's right. It was. It was thrown. It was thrown. The ball was in the air. But the flag was thrown before we even any of us knew it was going to be uncatchable. Right. The flag was out, and then we realized after the flag was out, wait, that ball was uncatchable. So there was some contact, and that's why I said it was ticky tack. It was really ticky tack contact when the flag was thrown. Now, did I see after the flag was thrown? I did see Ryan Watts kind of got his helmet, got his hand in his face mask a little bit. All right, but they were both going back and forth. So I do think the flag was thrown on a call that could have really, they could have let them play football, but I wouldn't blame that for anything. At the end of the day, it's just, it, it didn't sit right, but that's just the way they want to call it today. I, I think Drew's right. Do, based on my understanding of the letter of the law, the rule of law, if, if the ball is out of the hands of the quarterback and the defensive back is being handsy with the receiver, you can technically call pass interference. Because you're not supposed to have your hands on them when the yeah. ball's in flight. You're supposed to be – you're technically both receivers based on the rule of law. You're supposed to both – you have a right to the football too, DB. But we, as you have a right to the football, you you cannot be interfering with the other player to get to the football. So he was technically interfering with the receiver when the ball was in the air, to Drew's point. It, we didn't know it was uncatchable until the end. But once the ball leaves his hand and you are you got your hands on him, that's that's pass interference. That's why they always say get your get your head around. Because if your head's around, we're both receivers. I can, hey man, I'm, it's incidental contact. I'm just going, I'm looking for the ball. Incidental contact. That's different than you got you got your face guarding him and you're interfering with him. That's I think that's where it comes down to. It was ticky tacky. Yeah, I agree. But you gotta. I think he was in great position. Think about it. He was in great position. He was in what they call in phase. When you're in phase, you're in great position. Just turn. Do what Coach Akita called a look and lean. Look for the ball and lean on the receiver. Lean on him. You can feel him. Look and lean. Lean on him. And then I lean on him. He's going he, to – I'm interfering. You him. You're not there. Yeah. Hey, I'm interfering with him. I got my um, elbow on him. Elbow on him. Interfering. Look and lean. When I'm looking at the ball. Hey, look and lean, baby. Once you get – once you in phase – you can turn around and look for the football. He's running. He's running a nine route. He's not I, that Rocco Beck completing 18, 19 yard comeback routes. Then give it up for Rocco Beck then. All right. But something tells me he ain't completing that 20 yard comeback route. It ain't happening. So once he gets back 15, we going. Turn and run. All right. Uh, thanks, Rod. Our, our uh, esteemed producer, Matt Hutchinson, has something for us uh, to bring up here that I think everybody's going to appreciate here. Yeah, Jared Hufford. There he is, trying to block old number ninety-three in the middle for the Longhorns. There it is. There <laughs> it is. Love to see it. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Jared. That's what happens you, to you on senior night when you open your mouth. What are you? What were you doing? What were you thinking, son? What were you thinking? <laughs> hey, this is for Brandon Ross, and it looks like we're probably going to play 
Oklahoma State in the Big 12 game. Need that W. My dad is an Oklahoma State fan. I'm bitter from last year. I want it. Um, Oklahoma State, guys, plays BYU. Uh, <laughs> they should – so Oklahoma State should win uh, on next Saturday. So they will likely be the competitor. Uh, the others, uh, I, I believe – OU hosts TCU. Is that correct? Watch out if you're Oklahoma. Dylan Gabriel's hurt, and uh, Josh Hoover just had ripped somebody, ripped Baylor up tonight. I know it's not OU, oh. but I yeah. mean, watch out yeah. if you're OU. They're in the danger zone in that game. K State, by the way, hosts Iowa State as well. Those are the three teams that only have two losses. Texas, of course, with just one conference loss, sitting at seven and one uh, right now in conference play. The others six and two. Uh, so. Uh, the word right now, if you're just joining us, is that Texas is in. If they beat, uh, if they beat Texas Tech, of course they're in because they'll be eight and one in conference play. Or if any of the following three things happen: Oklahoma loses, uh, Oklahoma loses, Oklahoma State loses, or Kansas State beats Iowa State. So that is the uh, that's the uh, trick for Texas uh, right now. Uh, getting into the conference championship. Uh, there is what uh, Alex Loeb from the Longhorn Network uh, posted earlier today. Uh, guys, I've got another guy, another person we talked a little bit about at the outset, but Michael Williams has something. Anthony Hill is going to be a monster. You aren't going anywhere when he bear hugs you. That's mm -hmm. <laughs> We talked about that. I felt like the Longhorns tackled pretty well overall in space tonight. Maybe one or two missed tackles that led to extra yardage, but by and large, tackled pretty well, right? I, I have to mentally let go of a couple plays where I feel like we were trying to go for a kill shot and we just should have secured the tackle. But we tackled, we definitely tackled better than we did last week. So <laughs> I'll take that for sure. Yeah. 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 Back to Anthony Hill. He's still a young player. I don't think people really understand the levels of development that go into this. Even if you have a great player after two years, there's another level. If you have a great player after three years, there's always another level. It's very rare you get a player, even after three years in a program, who's eligible to leave that is ready. It's just rare to get a player that's fully ready. So he's going to develop, and this is what we're seeing right now as a freshman – and he's not the only one that we're seeing this age right now. We're going to see some guys that really start taking control of and just leading what it looks like and setting a standard for what it looks like to be a linebacker, what it looks like to be a running back, a receiver at Texas, a DB at Texas. So um, I'm happy to see where he started and, and anxious to see kind of excited to see how he continues, can, continues to develop. Uh, he's certainly got the talent, guys. There's no doubt about that. He's just got to get it, put it all together. Uh, otherwise. All right. Uh, we've got a couple more time for a little bit more uh, here. We're over an hour and 30 minutes into this post game show, because frankly, uh, Longhorns are now 10 and one. <laughs> let's, let's all right. take a step back and relish that because uh, it, it, uh, it has been a interesting year for Texas. If you guys can take it back. I mean, the big win over Alabama, then kind of not great game against Wyoming. They beat Kansas then they go to Dallas in the Cotton Bowl and kind of lay an egg in parts of the game, right? Uh, whether it was OU getting off to a good start and then the Texas defense uh, kind of cratering at the very end. But then we have this streak of four or five games almost where they 
I mean, the bad game against Houston, right? Yes, it's a win, but it was it did not look pretty. You lose Quinn. Then you beat BYU, and everybody knows BYU is not real good right now. Okay? But keep going on that whole list of things right now. In Texas, um, they put it all together. They, they've won 10 games. We talked about this at the very outset. And I just, you know, as a, as a guy that's watched Texas football underperform largely for the last 15 years, um, I think it's very heartening to see this program moving in the right direction. I don't think it could be happening uh, to, a, a, you know, a better team than, than this one that's kind of seen the ebb and flow of that starting at five and seven two years ago. You know what the best part about this 10-1 and season is uh, for me to date, other than winning at Alabama, which beating Nick by double digits is always number one if you can do it, because Texas is the only school that's ever done it to him there. Cam Williams started a game, Texas won. Malik Murphy started a game, Texas won. JT Sanders missed a game, Texas won. Keep going down the list. Ethan Burke missed games. This team has battled through injury and adversity. Uh, that's the that that's the most enjoyment I've got. I mean, think about Cam Williams has never played meaningful snaps. Here you are starting a right tackle against Kansas State. I mean, Malik Murphy, I, BYU wasn't a good team, but still, you're starting on these guys are all starting on teams a, a team that's ranked in the top ten in the country. It's not like you're on a five and four team and it's meaningless. You're starting on a team that's ranked top ten in the country with pressure and goals. That's been the that's what I've the most fun I've had with this team this year is watching these guys that have had to step up and play uh, look like they were prepared to play. That's development. Another piece of it too, and I'm, you know, someone mentioned this is is they're also growing and in, in becoming. Rod talk used the term football character. They went on the road tonight, mm -hmm. hostile environment. It didn't really – I don't think that the, the environment phased them any whatsoever. You guys – did y'all get that feel at all? No, I don't think it phased them uh, that much either. I'm with you. I think uh, they were composed even after it looked like at times, you know, they could unravel because of the, the bad calls. And, you know, offensively we saw them look out of sorts. Uh, defensively they couldn't figure out inside leverage at times. Uh, but, you know, this team, like I said, they – there's never really a, a tragic flaw, right? They, they're flawed. They're flawed, all right? But there's not a tragic flaw on the team. Like, even, you know, red zone offense has probably been the biggest um, issue uh, that Longhorn fans have been critical of for the team. And yet, there hasn't been a tragic flaw for them, right? It, it did, I think, probably cost them the Oklahoma game. They'd have been better in the red zone. Um, but it hasn't necessarily led to them losing games because this team finds a way to win. And I'll give, I'm going to give Sark a lot of credit. I, I think this is one that – what we don't realize is that this team is growing, right? They're, he's building a program, and they're starting to find ways to win. The old Bobby Bowden quote, you know, that people bring up that, you know, Bobby Bowden always said when you're building a program, first you lose big, right? yeah. then you lose close, right? then you win close, then you win big, right? Yeah. Texas in the win close phase, and that's win three. That's year three. That's kind of going on what Bobby Bowden was talking about. And so we're talking about all that, and that's great. Building the culture, the five-star culture for Sark. He's recruiting great players, as as uh, Jerry told you, too. What I am recognizing, though, is what we also have to celebrate today is that Sark had his first 10-win season. Sark is growing as a coach. Sark was far from a finished product when he got here. 
And we all can look at the times where, man, start just start giving the team a schematic advantage. Uh, that start get out coached. All right, they start win the chess match within the game. You know, this was a crucial game for him going up against John Haycock because I got a lot of respect for John Haycock as a defensive coordinator and a defensive mind, and for him being a pioneer and one of the founding fathers of the three high, three down defense. And I'm telling you, and that and and Jerry mentioned it, the script. You know, it it, it felt a little bit different in the utilization of his 20 play script this time. And like I said, when I go back and watch the game, I'll have to try to, you know, try to prove this theory or disprove it. Um, but I think, he, I think he was troubleshooting. I think Sark was basically trying his best in that early, in that first half early on to see exactly what John Haycock was trying to do to him defensively, trying to see how he was trying to attack him, trying to see how he was trying to expose him. And the second half, that's why some of the plays were so, uniquely uh, dialed up, right? Uh, meticulously dialed up. And even look at the A.D. Mitchell P.I. Like, that was a double move that he got the P.I. on. And as Jerry said, it should have been a touchdown. It, uh, it ended up being a, a bad throw or a throw that was short, so it ended up being a P.I. Could have been a touchdown. And that would have been the third touchdown that was dialed up meticulously by Sark to, to have the keys of the Iowa State defenders work against them. Very disciplined team. They don't they don't have busted coverages. Their assignment sound. Hey, let's make their assignments work against them a little bit. And he did that multiple times in the second half. And I think that was I think that was a big point. They got a schematic advantage in this game in the second half. And that was not something Texas was getting all the time with Sark. And you can you can combine a schematic advantage with the talent advantage, with the culture advantage. Now you'll get to the point where you're blowing teams out. Then you'll get to the 05 Texas part. Great points, Rod. Really great points. I, I want to say this, uh, too, as we, as we look at that game. Sark didn't get past happy downfield either. Nope. No first down deep shots that didn't work. Uh, he let the game kind of come to him, made sure that they controlled the ball, kept his defense off the field, uh, and uh, took what was given to him. Uh, wasn't He didn't get uh, – over anxious there. Uh, UT boy also had this to say, we are learning how to win again. It's been building ups and downs. We are 10 and 10 and one hook them for life. I agree with him. All right. Uh, guys. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Matthew, bring up that photo again. Oh. Because Matthew just had the best line of the night. Matthew, bring up the photo of Mr. Hufford. Uh -oh. Matthew's text. Our producer, if you add up the numbers on Hufford's jersey, you get the total rushing yards for Iowa State. Nine. <laughs> Nine. That's a great line. Thank you, Matthew. Uh, well done. Well done. <laughs> I love it. Deep dive, All right. Deep dive. Deep dive. Hey, guys. Uh, thank you all so much. We got a couple more here. Uh, Drew and Rod, I played baseball in college, so aside from high spikes, I couldn't retaliate to uh, – Relate to talk. What is the game talk like after what was said? We're 10 wins, boys. Love it. Hmm. Rod, now, now I feel like Mac was intentional. This is like old school. Like, I feel like Mac would dig dig up. He'd dig up like a, an article from the Austin American Statesman. Yeah, he'd, yeah, dig up, he'd dig up something every week that somebody said and just like, yeah. <laughs> this was easy. But I feel like Mac was really intentional about finding something. He'd have a picture of a player. On our lockers with quotes <laughs> underneath it, and just be like, "All right, guys, <laughs> hear what they think about you." Because <laughs> you're gonna have social media. 
We didn't have social media. Yeah, social they had media. to spit it out and put it on our lockers. Like it was, yeah, it was man. a different deal. Now everybody's far more aware of what they have to say. But yeah, we used to every week we had that kind of stuff in our locker. Every week, I feel like Mac found something, and sometimes it was from media, but sometimes it'd be from other teams. Got it. All right, uh, this one from Will Butler. He's uh, commenting on what you said earlier, Rod, about the schematic advantage. Uh, the Gunner Helm TV was a Sark scripted oh. masterpiece. Chess, not checkers. Chef's uh, really kiss. good. Beautiful. Really good stuff. All right, yeah. uh, we're gonna we're gonna. Hey, by the way, then he came back and ran a two point conversion quickly when they yes, were he did. Good point. Good point. That that's also yeah, that's up. good coaching. I mean, those those were two quick. To your point, guys, about schematic advantage. Those were really good plays back to back, and he didn't hesitate at all. All right, uh, hey, question uh, that I want to ask both all three of you guys before we close out tonight. Uh, Post game show brought to you by the folks at Flight, the next generation of light beer from Yangling. Um, question I want to ask is: short week now. Thanksgiving's coming up, you know, students, a lot of students go home. Uh, what's what's going to be the feel like, though? You guys have played for conference championships before, uh, Drew and Rod. What's the feel like on the team? Is it going to be kind of laser focus this week, or is it tough to get used to it around Thanksgiving? Right, what, what's, what's the thought process there? I think it's laser focus. I think they're so close to it. Um you know, now you could, as you say, you could get distraction because the holidays, different short weeks and different schedules. So that could happen. But that's when leadership plays a big role. And this team has a good leadership. They have veteran guys as well. And, you know, we just talked about bulletin board material. It's tech. Guys, it's tech. Everything runs through Lovick. Red Yardmore taking shots about Texas. Guys, this is, this is Bobby's favorite week of the season. <laughs> Listen, you got all the you got all the bulletin board material you need. So honestly, this one should be easy to get up for. Now they they are a pass first team, like to throw the football, but they are not a good or a great football team by any stretch of the imagination. Right. So Texas Especially defensively, yes, exactly. They got to beat you. They got to beat you like shootout style because they don't have they don't have a team that is as well rounded as Texas. So I think, yeah, I, I think for Texas in this game in particular, you won't have any worries about being distracted or them playing down to their competition. I think you might get – this may be your best all-around performance. could be one of them games. It could be. You know, I ain't been talking about that. Hey, here's what here's what I, what's interesting. So, uh, I think Texas has been sitting at seven, and, and the players look at this stuff. They talk about what's our path to the playoff if we went out? They got a path today due to injury, an unfortunate injury. Yep. They now see a path. Before they that, probably don't even know about it yet, Jerry. Yeah, yeah right. they're, they're, no, they're finding out now, but this week they're going to say, we got a path. Yeah, I've, I've, I mean, I've, I've been in a game. Uh, it was actually we were 9-1 we were and one and lost to K-State on the road that threw away um, our opportunity to go and play – for a national championship my junior year. That was 2006, lost 42 to 45. And that was after Colt got hurt. So um, when you think like your goals are to play in the big 12 championship, and that's great. Um, every game still matters. And so next week still matters. Fortunately, Texas Tech, they post mark, they post dated their, uh, their check that they wrote. Yeah. 
So we've been waiting on this game all year. Yeah. <laughs> and so now they got we got to see if they're going to cash it. Um, but but definitely right on with you. It's, it's a week where you stay locked in. Uh, you stay focused. Um, football means nothing. I mean, I don't think people realize, like, there's nothing more important than football to these guys, man. Mm-hmm. Like, it, whether you have a choice or not, it's already your life. But there's nothing more important than showing up, working out, being around your teammates. Like, that's what you're living for. That's what you're doing. Hmm. Um, that, that's just that's just it. So, yeah, it's a short week. But, yeah, you get to go play another game. These games are precious right now. Like, if you're a senior, if this is your last year, if you're teetering, it's precious. This is it. Yep. It's the last regular season game, man. Like, we're here. So, um, I, I do expect the guys to be locked in and focused this week. Uh, there's a lot on the line, but uh, there's a post-dated check. You know, we're going to see when Tech shows up to the to the teller. Yeah. <laughs> Next Friday, mm-hmm. uh, we got to we got to make sure we we we, uh, we we process that check. Let's see if Jared Hufford is the the teller actually, <laughs> uh, because I don't think uh, you know. I look. My, my take on this is that the it's rare air right now that Texas is in. Uh, and so if they don't come out laser focused rod and, and guys, uh, I'm concerned because this is, it is what you wish for. I mean, this is where they wanted to be when they started practice back in the spring, six, nine months ago. Right. Um, all of this is what it's for the extra workouts, the throwing the ball in the off season with the Quinn and, and Xavier and, those guys, it's what it's all about. Um, and so now all of that is in front of them and they get the opportunity to go prove it uh, this coming week in Austin at home, to your point, about, against Texas Tech, a team that's been, you know, beat them in overtime last year uh, in Lubbock and then crowed about it quite quite a bit, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see if uh, two weeks in a row the Longhorns can't uh, serve some uh, justice on folks. <laughs> And I said I don't. Well, I I've kind of equated it to the NCAA tournament, Drew and Rod. Last week, somebody just reminded me of this. Last week was this round of 64. This week was the round of 32. Friday is the Sweet 16. Big 12 championships, the Elite Eight, and they got a they have a path now. They have a chance to go to the Final Four. That's the reality. If they win the next two games, crazy. All right. Uh, that's gonna that's gonna do it for tonight, guys. Uh, the Longhorns win, and I don't want to say convincing fashion. Thanks, Lane, for your super shot. I don't want to say convincing fashion, guys, but true team-like focused fashion. Um, they they yeah, they gave up a couple of big plays on defense, but you know what? It was a workmanlike win, almost mm-hmm. a blue collarish win, but it featured some. Five-star guys, you know, that's the mix of the five-star culture that Sark talks about along with the five-star players and what they can be. Uh, I want to give one more hat tip off to uh, Burt Auburn, a walk-on, by the way, <laughs> that uh, and what he did tonight as well. All right, that's going to do it for tonight. We'll be back in the morning for rapid reactions as well as grading the horns. Uh, for Rod Babers, Drew Kelson, and Jerry Hamilton, I'm Bobby Burton. Thank you to Yingling and Flight, the next generation of light beer, as well as Faust Distributing. That's been the On Texas Football Postgame. Join us at InsideTexas.com for more coverage as well. All right, you guys have a good one. 10-1, baby. Hook them. Hook them. Hook them.